Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals. And let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and welcome to another episode of Believe SoCal Sweat. Today, we are going to be talking about psychological tricks that actually work. Now, we don't want to control people's minds, or do we? I am reminded of my favorite actor in the whole world, and that is Sharon Stone. And one of my favorite movies is Basic Instinct, where she plays a psychological profiler and a murderer. And she can control people's minds like, well, if you've seen the movie, she can control the minds of others with her brilliant mind and some other things. (laughs) Go back and watch that movie in case you don't know what I'm talking about. So. We have, as humans, we are so complicated. And then you put us into social environments, some people are awkward, and then you bring us out of the pandemic, which makes a lot of people even more awkward. So I just wanted to break down 15 psychological tricks that actually work, and I find them to be very interesting. And think about the things that you've done, and maybe you've actually incorporated these things, and they've given you a leg up in your life. But understanding the quirks of the human brain will give us an advantage in almost any situation as far as dating, success in career, family, going to the grocery store, going to the nightclub, whatever we can do to get a leg up, navigate this world on instinct and emotion alone, so be it. Before I start with number one, I just wanted to add one that I actually use quite a bit. And that is to understand if someone's lying. And if you're sitting across a table from them and you suspect that someone's lying and they're going on and on about either they're making excuses or they're trying to give what what their explanation is, the more you stare at them in silence, the more they will relay their information and kind of backtrack unless they're super good at lying. So if you suspect someone's lying, let them talk and don't even add any feedback. Just sit in silence and they will eventually admit to their wrongdoing. So that is before I get into number one, because this is something I use all the time and I discover it quite quickly with certain people in my life. (laughs) Um, I usually catch them and they're embarrassed, but it's just a little psychological trick that really works. So stare them down and they, they will keep talking. And a lot of cops and detectives and lawyers will use this tactic as well. So number one, let's just get into it. Number one is to check eye color for instant charisma. This isn't about the eye color. What this is about is science shows that maintaining eye contact just a little longer than most people do naturally naturally instantly increases your charm. To trick yourself into putting this research to use, all you have to do is check a person's eye color when you first meet him or her. The extra beat or two it takes to determine the color of someone's eyes will make you instantly more likable because it's actually the perfect amount of seconds that you will spend on eye contact. Sometimes people are too intense and sometimes people avoid eye contact in general. So 
that perfect few seconds that you can look at the eye color and analyze it and remember what it is, that's actually a very good thing and you can be trusted by the other person. Number two, and I've actually used this all my life and I didn't even realize it's what I was, why I was doing it, it's to chew gum to calm your nerves. If we're going to do something that makes us tense or nervous, if you pop a piece of gum, that actually tricks your brain into thinking you are much more comfortable. So rather than getting flustered and panicky, which takes a ton of energy and anxiety, your brain actually reasons that because you are doing something else, like walking and chewing gum, hence, you mustn't be worried or nervous. And if you were, you wouldn't be doing something like chewing gum. And this is explained by a psychologist from Psychology Today named Dr. Ryan Anderson. Number three is to do something exciting with a date. Another trick from the same psychologist, Dr. Ryan Anderson, and a host of other experts, is if you're looking to impress in a new relationship, forget dinner and a rom-com and opt for an exciting activity that will get your pulses pounding instead. Your date will subconsciously associate you with the excitement of the date and feel like it was you, not that roller coaster or horror movie that made her or his adrenaline spike. So take the person somewhere experiential. Have an experience, don't just go to a dinner and a movie, although that's great too, but even when you're doing something during the day or during the night when it's not lit by candles and everything else and alcohol, that actually makes you more exciting in a different way. So that's another thing to try. Number four is avoid someone's wrath by sitting next to them. Now it turns out that psychologically, it's a lot easier to unload your anger on someone physically distant from you. It's just awkward to turn to someone immediately next to you and ball that person out. So if you sense a steam or anger coming from your bosses or your partners or your parents' ears before a meeting or social get together, take control of the situation and sit right next to that person. The proximity will help you keep the anger at bay. Also, a lot of studies have shown that when a boss and their subordinate worker takes a walk to discuss something, it's much better than doing it over the phone or making eye contact across the office. Because if you're, if you're talking and you're standing close to each other and or you're facing away from each other and, and doing a physical activity, it makes things less tense. So I thought that was interesting. Number five is to look at people's feet to assess their interest. If you think someone is genuinely enjoying talking to you, or is that person searching for an excuse to leave? To find out, just look at their feet. If they're pointed toward you, the person is probably genuinely engaged. If they're pointed away, their mind is somewhere else. This also works when people are sitting and where their legs are positioned. If the knees are towards you, they're interested. If they're not, they're turned away. I notice this a lot when people are on first dates, you can just tell, or if someone's in a relationship, and they're not getting along, you can tell with the feet and the legs. So try to assess people's feet to see if they actually like you and are interested or not. <laughs> Moving on to number six, and this is surely very difficult for parents or anybody that uses rewards to get people to do things. But that is that rewards kill enjoyment. So if you want your child to actually like practicing the piano, or your employee to really enjoy that hard task that you've assigned for them, then try not to bribe them into some sort of reward for their effort. When we pay people to do things, 
their sense of intrinsic motivation or enjoying the activity for its own sake is diminished, which isn't to say that rewards never work. It's just that if someone is being rewarded for doing something that they don't particularly like, then, or maybe they do like, the joy is actually sucked out of it because they're only getting a reward for doing it. You want the, your child to like the piano. You want your subordinate to like the assignment that you've given them. So try not to reward them too much so that the enjoyment of the task is not taken away. Make sense? Sort of, but I think rewards do work in many cases, especially for parents with kids. I remember going to swimming lessons as a child and for some reason, I didn't want to just dive into the deep end like my father wanted me to do. So if he said that I went underwater for five seconds, that I could get one of those three feet long, pure blissful tubes of grape sugar. Well, I went under for five seconds. I got my three foot long tube of grape sugar. <laughs> Insert what you will. And to this day, I've been a swimmer. But my dad's all about just throwing someone into the deep end and then making him work for it and figure it out. That is why he's been so successful as an athlete and a writer and an, an earner of three master's degrees. He just goes after it and then figures it out as he gets there. So I want to develop that as well. But to this day, that reward definitely helped me. And moving on to number seven, that is make a great last impression. Now people don't remember the entire duration of experience equally, but when recalling something later, people are much more likely to recall their first and last memories of a person or event. We all know that first impressions are important, but it's also essential to nail your last impression too. So when you're looking to impress and be remembered, think carefully about how you leave on a high note. Let's just say at a party, people that leave drunk at the end of the night don't leave a great lasting impression. We've all done it. And those of you who haven't, bravo, good for you, congratulations. And those that leave maybe a little bit early, leave a sense of mystery. So if they came and they did a great job and they were really charming and classy and fun, that was a great first impression. And then if they left, either on a great impression by thanking the host and leaving, or just leaving early and kind of being a mystery, that could be a great last impression as well. So think about the entire experience from the first to the last impression. Number eight is foil angry customers with a mirror. So this is one for all who work in customer service, courtesy of a fun in-depth Reddit thread on psychological hacks says that if you put a mirror behind you at the counter, angry customers who approach you will have to see themselves in the mirror behind you. And the chances of them having some kind of a fit or making them behave badly and irrationally lowers significantly because no one wants to see themselves act like such a horrible person. Although some people just don't seem to care, especially during the pandemic. Um, I can't believe some of the things I've seen, but if you put a mirror behind you, that will make the person look at themselves and hopefully assess their behavior in a better way. I just remember going to a Starbucks a couple weeks ago and there was a woman with her daughter and she was just chastising the barista. And I just, I was literally in disbelief. And you could tell the little girl was really embarrassed. And I said something to the customer service people, or to the baristas, very loudly. And then I said, wow, my drink was absolutely perfect. What great customer service. And I just looked right at her. And she called me a 
a B-I-T-C-H, I should not say that on the podcast, but I'm like, you know what? And I walked out the door just ignoring her because I just can't stand when people are treated poorly in customer service. Now, number nine is, this is also on Reddit. It comes with a courtesy of a Navy lifer, but the idea is also endorsed by Nobel laureates. And that is use C1, do one, teach one to master new skills. So if you are taught a new task at work, most people learn to do the task and then perform the task. But if you find another employee to teach you what you just learned, you will comprehend the concept better and retain the information for much longer. And whenever people train a new associate at work, this person asks them to go show another coworker how to do the task they just learned, and that's magic. However, I also find that if you teach someone yourself, if you're learning a concept and then you teach someone else, you can really master that skill because if you can memorize it and simplify it, then you have a great knowledge of that skill. Number 10 is to nudge people to like you with the Ben Franklin effect. This is a psychological effect that is attributed to the observation of Benjamin Franklin's who noticed that when you do something for someone and it's in a favor, you will eventually like them more than you did before. This is explained in the book, Planet of Success. Why is this? Because your brain dislikes cognitive dissonance and fights tooth and nail against situations where your beliefs and actions don't match up. So when you do something nice for someone, you don't have particularly warm feelings for. Your brain will decide that the recipient of your, of your help must be cooler than you thought. So for example, let's just say that there's someone at work that you just suspect does not like you at all. Well, something that you could do is ask them for a favor. You can ask them, hey, could I please borrow your pen? And they're automatically gonna kind of put you in a new light by cognitive dissonance. And again, that fights tooth and nail against situations where ours or their beliefs or actions don't match up. So that puts them in a position of helping somebody. And then you can showcase to them that you are polite and thank them and maybe ask them a question at the end. So this can nudge people to like you or if you're suspecting that the person doesn't like you, just a way to try it. Number 11 is to get that song out of your head by finally finishing it. Of course, when some songs are just annoying and often when a tune plays the loop in your head over and over again, it's because of a psychological phenomenon known as the Zagarnik effect, which, which says that your brain will keep reminding you of unfinished tasks. That's why to-do lists are so mind clearing, even if you just lose them. To get that song out of your head, just listen to it to it all the way to the finish, singing along as you do. Then it'll get out of your head, just like a task. If you finally finish it and put it away, it will be out of your head. Same type of thing with anxiety. Number 12 is to warm your hands for a better first impression. Now we judge people by their handshakes or their you know fist pumps, and it's a cliche, but it's true. To ensure you make the best possible first impression by simply rubbing your hands together before you meet someone, it can be very important. Your palm will be warm and dry and you'll be on your way to impressing right out of the gate. But those that have sweaty palms, don't warm them, just wipe them off. And in this day and age, are we shaking hands? I like to shake hands. I guess I'm a little old fashioned that way, but just another first impression and maintaining eye contact by looking at their eye color for a few seconds. Number 13 is to ask more questions that will make you likable. Now, charisma isn't a mysterious gift. All you need to do to be a little bit more charming 
is to ask more questions. Be less about yourself and make it more about the other person that will make you more likable. Ask someone as many questions as you as you want to without making it uncomfortable. People love to talk for themselves and people love to listen to themselves talk. And ask them what they do for work, about their family, where they're from. Even just small talk can put people in a good mood, especially during a job interview. Don't make it so chatty Cathy, but asking them about themselves. If you're going in for a job interview and you're asking the other person, the potential boss, about them, that makes you more likable and maybe they want, would want to hire you more just because of your gift of gab and your ability to be a real person besides just the job. Number 14 is to make Wednesday more than just a hump day. Plan something every Wednesday that you can look forward to because everybody immediately on Monday is like, oh my God, I can't wait for the, for, I can't wait till the weekend. But if you plan something every Wednesday on hump day, then you have something to look forward to. So you almost have like a mini weekend. You have two days, a weekend, and two days and a weekend. Everyone looks forward to it. And when you're getting up on Monday and you plan for something to do, like treating yourself, it could be taking yourself to a movie if you don't want to meet with somebody or just watching something on Netflix that you can really look forward to and ordering an amazing dinner on, on, um, on Grubhub or any kind of meal plan, whatever. Do something fun for yourself or just go to the nightclub on a Wednesday and have a drink and just meet people. That will be a better hump day than, oh, it's Wednesday, two more days and it's the weekend. By the time it's by the time that you have Wednesday, it's half over and the week is half half gone, and you have that much closer to the weekend. And finally, number fifteen is to utilize the door in the face effect. This is the opposite of the idea of getting your foot in the door by warming up the other party with a small request before making your real larger task. In some situations, it's better to make an unrealistically large request first. The other party will say no and feel bad about it. That way, when you make your real request, he or she will feel obliged to say yes. Maybe this perhaps happens in um, a, a salary, a raise of salary. Maybe you want $10,000 a year extra. Oh no, I can't do that. But your boss feels bad because you're actually doing a really good job. Well, what about 5,000? Excellent. And maybe you can actually land on 7,000. So then you're 3,000 away from what you really wanted, but you shot higher than what you wanted. So that's just two utilize the door in the face effect, as it's called. One more bonus one I wanted to add. This is something I heard on Brainy Dose. And that is that if you suspect that someone is staring at you and you don't want to look or their way, but you feel like the eyes in the back of your head, this happens to all of us many, many times, sometimes with the creeper effect, sometimes with a non-creeper effect, and you're kind of interested. In order for you to figure out if they're in fact looking at you, all you have to do is yawn. Now it's scientifically proven that when you yawn, it's contagious. The other person will yawn too. So if they're staring at you and you yawn, look at their peripheral, look at them in your peripheral vision or any type of thing. Ladies, if you have a compact, a watch, an iPhone, guys too, maybe look at them through that reflection. And if you see them yawn, sure enough, they are staring right at you. So kind of a little tidbit on that. So again, we don't want to mind control people, or do we? But these are 15 psychology hacks that actually work. And with the world that it is today, with all the just awkward, awkward moments and insecure moments and a lot of anxiety, anything we can do to get a leg up in our jobs, in our relationships, in dating, 
in our families, what have you, even with customer service, going to the store, remembering someone's name, looking at their eye color to make that perfect eye contact, shaking their hand properly or fist pumping them properly. All these things will help get a leg up for every one of us in this crazy, crazy world. But anyway, I wish you all a wonderful St. Patrick's Day week. Be safe, have a wonderful time, and luck to all of you, and I shall see you next week. Thank you again so much for joining me on Believe SoCal Sweat. We appreciate you for listening, and please rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, Tuned In, or at Believe.com. You can always reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Anne McDaniels or at Anne McDaniels Actress. And I shall see you next time on Believe SoCal Sweat. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.